0: You are listening to Perspectives, a podcast designed for you to listener, God's people and those wanting to know Him more. I am your host, David Howard. Thank you for joining me. As I share God's Word, my desire is always that each episode speaks to your heart while answering every one of your prayers in the most incredible way. In his song, Move Mountain. Clay Evans sings, If you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, just say, Move Mountain, Move Mountain, Move Mountain, Mountain, get out of my way. If I were to ask, Where is your faith rooted? What would be your response? Is it rooted in beliefs, self sufficiency? institutions long-awaited promises or in people we consider to be trustworthy while each is credible in its own regard none bear any sort of guarantee all lack the promise of assurance faith out of necessity is exercised in our lives repeatedly it teaches us not to be self-reliant but dependent it forces us to trust What we do not see and lean on the unwavering testimony of faith's heroes today's podcast is titled great faith Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 tells us this now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen we should above all things have faith but in what the world in which we live gives us very little to hope in and for the generations to come far less we should however with the utmost confidence in what god not man has assured us trust in what is taking place scripture reminds us in first corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 thus but as it is written Eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. Scripture likewise refers over and over again to those of little and great faith, such as Jesus's inquiry in Matthew chapter eight, verses twenty-three to twenty-six. And it says, When he entered the ship, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves. But he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said to them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. How does one reach such an end when everything has caused our confidence to melt within? We are reminded that if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we shall not almost, not could have, not would have, but shall move mountains. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. Why a mustard seed? For the sake of visualization, it is considered the smallest of all seeds, one to two millimeters in diameter, which is approximately 0.039 inches in size, smaller than the typical eye of a sewing needle. And yet, if we simply had that much faith, we would be able to achieve the impossible that which is uncommon to humanity. In another way, it is God demonstrating as well how little of what occurs in life is within the span of our control or our presumed inexhaustible power. No matter how they appear, our circumstances are not an impasse, but an opportunity for us and for God. Absolutely nothing occurs to God's people by happenstance. Everything in our lives has a purpose, albeit seen or unseen. How often have we gone through and it endured longer than expected? And yet God continued to encourage us, saying, Have faith, trust me. However, because we lack the requisite patience, we immediately meddle in what God is doing only to make a mess of everything. Rather than being close to resolution, to Z, we have taken an unnecessary trip all the way back to the beginning, A, repeating once again the lessons we failed to learn at the very first time. We've all been there, like taking the test over and over again Knowing the answer, but still missing the same question when we encounter it once again. I have been there more than I care to count. We have to learn to keep our hands out of God's ingredients, his plan for our lives. Rather than God exercising his perfect will, we want him to exercise ours the way it benefits us personally. We all know the story of Jonah and the well, but the next time you read it, pay very close attention. Jonah, like us, even the most faithful at all times, wanted God to work on his terms and meet his conditions. When God called, he went the opposite direction. And while in the belly of the fish, in Jonah chapter two, verses nine to 10, He prayed and made a proclamation to God. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed. I will make good, I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And in verse 10, he says, and the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. He was later angered and felt betrayed by God because he believed He did everything God asked, but his faith was misplaced. Rather than having a personal stake in the salvation of the people of Nineveh, he like we often do wanted God to destroy them in their sin. But surprisingly they received the message and repented. That was God's will not ours. Making a declaration and turning towards God as we find in Jonah, chapter three, verses seven through 10. And it says, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered in sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Finally, in verse nine, it tells us, he asserts who can tell that God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not. And God saw their works and they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not. Our faith is not ours alone to exercise, but rather to use on behalf of others, not of our own choosing, but led of God, bidding us, urging us, pushing us, and persuading us to stand in the gap for those that are lost and in jeopardy of spending an eternity separated from God's presence. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, wanting any, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Second Peter chapter three and verse nine. We can feel great contempt for those that lead and govern, minister and teach, hate and abuse, take advantage of, or even despise us. But that is not the reason for faith's necessity. It is not towards, but to draw, to permit others to see God's work within us. When the hearts of humanity begin to melt within them, we are assured of salvation by faith through Christ. But it has no purpose if the world is unable to see God alive in his people. We have the utmost confidence in what God has promised. He has shaped and molded us on the potter's wheel. Yet if we propose to make ourselves in our own image, he will continue in an unfinished manner to make us over and over and over again until we are yielded in the master's hand. However, if the master alone molds the clay, we can be assured that we are truly vessels made unto honor for his hands, either through nurture or rebuke, are able to remove even the smallest imperfections. Unnoticed by man, of course, but visible enough to separate us from God. Our faith allows us to be perfected vessels fit for the kingdom. Dr. McGee told us such in writing his commentary, Christian friend, If it is going hard with you and you are having problems, then God is trying to teach you something. Let God be your teacher. Do not run to your pastor or think you can take a course that will solve all of your problems. You and I are going to have problems, but if we walk by faith, he will see us through. It is difficult to ignore the abundance of trouble that surrounds us and what we are witnessing firsthand today is not some new phenomenon. These things have occurred repeatedly throughout history. Shall we look to our own benefit or shall we with the utmost confidence trust what God has promised, even though our eyes and ears may tell us something entirely different? While today's struggles may be difficult for many of God's people, imagine how difficult it is for those without faith, without hope, without confidence, without ever knowing the presence of God or the loving kindness of a savior that paid the entirety of sin's ransom. Wherein does our faith rest? In the environment and people and governments and fellowships and networks, and associations and leaders and educators or spokespeople, and representatives and churches or laypersons, and friends and parents and brothers and sisters, jobs and educations, bank accounts and savings accounts, and retirements and investments and stock markets, andor in the abundance of so many other things. How precious is our faith. How consequential is it? How invaluable is it to us? Faith untested is not faith at all. You see, it is necessary for us to come to a particular place. Faith comes at a price, one that says, I am not in control, and yet completely and utterly yielded to whom we cannot see. Our faith is grounded in principled scripture, rooted in the testimony of others and the unmistakable demonstration of the lives of faith's heroes. Our faith in Christ will allow us to see the possibilities when others say it's impossible. It will allow us to have compassion when others will say it is undeserved. It will allow us to remain silent at God's beckoning when others become loud and belligerent. And when asked to judge the merits of another's deeds, our faith will simply say and will not allow us to do what only God is allowed to do. Our confidence, our faith, pure and unadulterated, must endure. That is our only hope scripture reveals when jesus had entered capernaum a centurion came to him asking for help lord he said my servant lies at home paralyzed suffering terribly and jesus saith unto him i will come and heal him and the centurion answered and said lord i am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority having soldiers under me and I say to this man, go and he goeth unto another, come and he cometh and to my servant do this and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Matthew chapter eight, verses seven through 10. Likewise, the Bible tells us, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16. Great faith, Mustard seed faith is what we need. Without such, we are unable to endure, which is set before us. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. James chapter 1 verses 3 through 4. Thank you for listening. I truly treasure your feedback. If you like what you have heard, please subscribe or leave a comment on the Anchor or Spotify platforms or send me an email at howarddc42 at yahoo.com. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be with you until we meet again.